Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. A little after 4 o'clock on the fan, Evan and Tiki. We'll get back to your calls. We'll also talk to the manager of the Yankees, Aaron Boone, in about a half hour. There was a huge, huge media deal that was pulled off today. And this is not me just shoehorning wrestling into the program. It is relevant to all of us. And that is the fact that Monday Night Raw, which has been a television program, Tiki, that has Mm -hmm. been on USA Network, and uh, it was on TNN, I think, for a while, too, but back on USA. It's existed since 1993, which means it has been on TV for 31 years straight. Is leaving regular TV. Mm And the WWE signed a reported 10-year, $5 billion contract with Netflix. Wow. With Netflix. And this is big for Netflix because they've never done live, right? All the other, like, Amazon has done live. Obviously, Paramount does live. and Hulu does live. But this is the first time Netflix has done live? I think this is the first time they've done it on any consistent basis. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Netflix had a live Chris Rock special. And it was his first special That's right. Right. in which he was going to talk about the incident with Will Smith. Correct. And I remember watching that. I'm just trying to remember if it was Netflix, but it was Netflix. No, I think you're right. It definitely was because he has a long-term deal with Netflix. And I think that was like their their jump into live. Right, but this is also live sports. Yes. And so... If you want to call it sports, yes. Right, whatever. It is. It's scripted, but it's still sports. And so sports, as we all know, is the one, I guess, part of cable television that people were or at least the cable television networks are hanging on to that people would watch. Yeah. It's live sports. And now they're slowly but steadily losing it. All right. We're already seeing it. NFL is transitioning to streaming services. The Yankees and the Mets, they play on streaming services. It's hell, there's a playoff game on a streaming service. This the land of the peacock. So it's it's just heading that way. Oh, no, no question about it. And I think when this news came out, my first reaction was shock, was mm-hmm. like, wow, okay, Raw's on Netflix. But I think the reaction a lot of people have, whether you're a wrestling fan or this continues in sports and it will, is do I have that and do I need that? Mm -hmm. Because I think what's becoming very, very difficult with these deals is there's a lot of streaming services. There's a lot of them. And you've got to make decisions on what you watch and what you need. As a diehard wrestling fan, which I am, Netflix is a must. As a diehard wrestling fan, Peacock is a must. Peacock. That's already two. Now, if Major League Baseball and the NFL make more exclusive deals, and it's not just one game on a Sunday morning on Peacock or one game on a Friday night on Apple TV+, Plus. you're going to have to get another streaming service. (laughs) And I think that's the concern we all have. Because I think we're past the technology aspect of it. Most of us have it. But, dude, there's a lot of streaming services. Well, there's definitely people definitely have it because we saw this with the Peacock thing. 
Like we thought it would be, I don't know, hell for that playoff game. There's 23 million viewers. No, I Peacock. understand. And so a lot of people already had Peacock. Well, <laughs> it, it actually reminds me. You want to play a fun game? Go ahead. I have the list of the most popular streaming services in America right now mm. as of December. So it's about a month and a half okay. off. As of December, the amount of subscribers for each streaming service. And so the game will play only with you because mm. Sean and Lugie may know the result. Mm-hmm. What do you think the most popular streaming service in America is right now? Amazon. You say Amazon. Yes. It's a good guess. You're wrong. What is it? Amazon Prime Video, which I would have thought too. Only because most people have it because they're Amazon Prime members. I agree. That's why I have it. I, I didn't actively sign up for Amazon Prime Video. Right. It, it just came because my wife has an Amazon Prime account. It was a happy accident. Right. We already have Prime. Serendipitous. <laughs> Number two. They have around 200 million subscribers. There's somebody ahead of them and ahead of them by a lot. The, the streaming service with the most subscribers has 247 million subscribers, oh, which is a massive number. You say Disney. Uh, number three. Good <laughs> guess, but number peacock. three. Peacock. Is it Peacock? It can't be Peacock. Uh, peacock is seventh at 28 right, million. I was going to say. So. Now, I think that number, that Peacock 28 million number, is probably higher based on the NFL playoff because, again, these numbers are as of December. And I don't know if they've released it yet, but I would assume, I don't want to say they doubled it. but Apple TV? Peacock. A- Apple TV Plus. Ninth. Ninth. Ninth place. Huh. Hulu? Number one. Hulu? Hulu. Sixth place. What? Yeah. Hulu's got Paramount four. Plus? Paramount Plus. Fifth place. Which I'm stunned by because I was looking at the rankings. Is it Max? I have every subscription. Is it Max? Max is in fourth place. Well, who the hell is one? Because I just went through my entire list. Did you? Netflix? Netflix is number one. <laughs> Dude, I would not have guessed that. Well, they were first. Bingo. They had market, you know, first mover advantage. Yes. But that means people haven't unsubscribed because ask yourself this question. Like, seriously, I don't want to be a jerk. What the hell's on Netflix? There's a lot on Netflix. Is there? Stranger Things, for one. Right. But it used to be. Like, Ozark's done. Orange is the New Black is done. Yeah, I'm talking about right now. But you have to find the new stuff. Every time I was put on something new, it would be in a British accent, some kind of murder mystery. But, but see, here's the thing. I, I like that. I like British ah. drama. I'm over it. <laughs> I'm a Doctor Who fan, right? I like these things. So Young Sheldon is on Netflix. My daughter loves it. Do you have Netflix? Yeah. Okay. I've had it forever. But yet you're surprised the way I am that it is the number well, one leader I, of streaming Only service. because for years I felt like I kept reading articles about them losing market share. Right. And so by now I figured with everything else... Like all these other ones that came in, Paramount and, and Peacock and and Hulu and X, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that people would just have unsubscribed. But I think what's happening is what I do. I just keep adding. Yeah, you forgot what you have. <laughs> just, no, but remember, they stopped the password sharing, too, and it freaked a lot of people out, and it worked for a little bit. People added it. You think so? I, I know I didn't. Once they let me stop getting it for free from my mother-in-law, I yeah. was done with it. I, listen, I don't speak for the majority when I say this. I'll I say admit you weren't that. The original, you weren't the original account holder. No. But, so, I, so what I'm saying, though, for, to, what I, to answer Evan's question, what I'm saying is that the original account holders never canceled it. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that that's my point that I think a lot of people, maybe not the majority, I know I'm one of them, forgot. Like, I have Netflix. Yeah. I haven't analyzed if I use it. But I keep it just in case. Like, I was thinking about it when I saw this news this morning. When is the last time I sat down and watched Netflix with my wife huh. or by myself? And the answer I came up with, this is how I knew, was the Chris Rock special. Huh. which was That a, was the last time? Dude, well, I, I... And you still have it? 
Yes. Because it takes a lot to cancel something because you never know when you're going to need it. Well, we are. So we, I know that makes me stupid with right. my money, and I admit that. When it comes to entertainment, I'm not smart with it. I'm smart in a lot of other areas, right. whether it's cars or repairs or Seinf- savings. Seinfeld is on Netflix. Really? So that's what we watch when we go to bed. Okay. So, we just want to so you use it a lot, then. So we use it every every night. It's on. Okay. So And there's some good shows on it. You just The challenge is you got to search. You gotta, you gotta take some time and find something. We don't have time. Exactly. (laughs) We don't have time. You gotta, you gotta find time to search. But, but the problem is, Raw's a big deal. Okay, we can all mock wrestling as much as you want. Monday Night Raw gets a lot of people watching Mm -hmm. every single week, and if you're a wrestling fan, you're watching Monday Night Raw. Yeah, like you're not gonna stop watching it. So if you don't have Netflix, you're getting Netflix, which makes it a really smart decision by Netflix. But the concern I'm going to have for all of us is when does it end? Max has the NHL, right? HBO Max? Uh, yes and no. They have all the TNT live stuff. Okay. ESPN Plus has ESPN exclusive Plus has games. NHL. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Peacock has Peacock. Not, not only the WWE Network, but we saw an NFL playoff game. That's not going away. Amazon Prime Video has a pretty good amount of Yankee games. Like a pretty damn good amount of New York Yankee games. Once a week? And the NFL package on Thursday nights. Like, it's going to spread all of us too thin. That's the thing I fear about stuff like this. Yeah. That are we going to have to basically buy every single streaming service? I am telling you, and I'm not even saying this as a joke. We are going to get to a point, five, ten years, something like that, an enormous app is going to come out, strike a deal, kind of like college football uh, realignment and conferences, where all of these apps are going to go to one platform and well, the app we're all going to sign up for is that, and we're going to realize, oh, this is cable. And that's what we're all going to have again. Well, they're already bundling because Hulu and yeah. ESPN Plus. We're not even talking about like these streaming sports sites. ESPN right. Plus and Disney, Disney Plus. And Disney Plus. They're all, you can bundle it. It's all one. So you get you consolidate. It makes you feel better. But you're paying more. <laughs> right. They're also all owned by the same company. Right. right. Exactly. The owns them. exactly. Well, that's the problem. Like, these are not owned by the same companies. They're competing. And they're competing now 
for live programming. Mm. And now, Monday Night Raw, it's just the beginning. And I wouldn't even say it's the beginning. It's been going on a while in terms of let's spend big money on getting this actor or this comedian because we need to make there be a reason why you're getting this service. The problem is they're all going to do it. Like Apple TV Plus is ninth on this list in terms of popularity. Apple TV Plus has a lot of good crap. Of course they do. And yet it's ninth with 25 million subscribers. (laughs) What if they added the Mets all the time? What if SNY <laughs> were on them right now? They made some kind of deal. Yeah, Apple TV Plus. Like, you have to get it, right? Like, of you're course. a diehard fan. You got to get it. What if the Knicks and MSG make a deal? We're only going to be on Peacock. You know? Peacock. Now you, I did that for you. Right. Now you're stuck with Peacock. Right. Apple's got Ted Lasso. I've still never seen it. Overrated huh. piece of crap show. No, it's not. Overrated. Uh, first season a- was unbelievable. And then, Tiki- it, then it gets a little... And then it goes downhill. It's funny you say that. I watched the entire first season. Yeah. What a bore. <laughs> what? You know what it is? Tiki loves the soccer. Oh, it's because you don't, you hate soccer. Uh, that's why. Eh. That's what it is. And that, like, that's exactly what it is. Because you don't care. Soccer. You don't get it. It is about soccer. It's, I even, about, it's about this, like, his, he's a football coach who no, goes and coaches soccer I know in England. It, I know it's about soccer, but that's not the reason I didn't like it. I didn't think it was funny. I just thought it was like, eh, what am I doing here? I thought I'm wasting was my time. It, I thought you felt good because it was he made you feel good. Who made me for the coach? What's yeah. his name? He's always at net games. We'll see him tonight. What's his name again? Jason Sudeikis. Sudeikis. Dude, I'm not even kidding you. Tonight, Tiki and I, Lugie's coming too. Keith McPherson accepted the invite. We're going to be at Barkley Center. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, at some point in this game, He's they're going to go, up. who's in the house? Who's in the house? <laughs> and it ain't going to be you on the big screen. It's going to be Jason Sudeikis. You'll see. All right. And then you'll laugh. And then you'll try to talk to me, and we won't be able to talk because the speaker system is so loud, and it's right above our seat. We're going to have to just look at each other. That's all right. I just want to warn you guys. We don't talk at Nets games. Yeah, it's a ba- the Barclays Center is a basketball game that takes place in a Dave & Buster's. So that's basically <laughs> how it sounds. That's a great comparison, by the way. That's a spot-on comparison. You. Thought of it all on my own. You didn't come with us tonight. You're not part of the team. No, because I am a professor of the arts, and I need to teach. Thanks okay. for dishing us. All right. You're appreciate welcome. you. Look, your loss is Keith's game. I pivoted very quick. I asked everybody at the station all at the same time because I didn't want to rank them. And Keith said, I'm in. And everyone else said no. By the way, very telling that BT once was going to be shocked at Tiki going to sporting events. Tiki's going to go to two in two weeks. <laughs> BT with a hard stiff arm on this interview. You know what, though? <laughs> I mean, I want to defend BT and I want to defend Giannotti because those are two other guys I asked. They both offered a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, they both said, hey, thank you. Here's why I can't do it. And BT had some commitments. Right. And G had some family commitments. And I believe, I don't think they're lying. The guy I sort of have an issue with is the guy who said no with no excuse. And that guy's Sal Licato. <laughs> and by the way, I was in a tricky spot because I tried to ask everyone at the same time because I don't want to rank anybody. Uh-huh. What if everyone said yes? Uh, you would have been reaching into your pocket <laughs> for more tickets. I, that's what I would have done. No, you, seriously. You, I think you secretly knew who would say no. Yeah, I kind of knew that. Right. Everybody would you, say you no. You, but knew, Keith, that, yeah, you knew that people who were getting up at 4 o'clock to do a show were not coming. I, I knew that it was a long shot. Right. Yeah. That BT, who coaches everything with his kids, would likely not be able to do I, I wasn't sure. It's Nick's nuts. Uh, Chance to hang out with his old partner. Yeah. I thought that was possible, but he's a busy and guy. Sal. Sal, I'm very disappointed in. Because we've what, gone to games before. What was his excuse? He didn't have one. I'll tell you the excuse. The Nets owner didn't afford, uh, didn't offer to put a jersey with his name <laughs> on the back of it. Jumbotron. Uh, yeah, he had no excuse. Like, and what's funny is I respect that Keith at first said, I can't make it. Right. And I understood well, why. Because he had show. It wasn't even the show. Like, he has some familiar responsibilities. And then Keith's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm coming. I'm going to have a good time. Mm. Plus, I think he realized he's a good man. He realized Evan is surrounded by Nick fans. 
Because you're sort of a Nick fan, Tiki. I'm just a fan. You're a Nick fan. I'm a fan. And Lugie's as obnoxious as they come. Mm. And I think Keith was like, I got to help my boy out. But when the Knicks are at Barclays Center, you're going to be surrounded by all Nick fans anyway. <laughs> 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 and we're going to get an accounting of this, by the way. That is my sole job. Yeah, he's going to be fair. To get the accounting. Yeah. The independent basketball fan observer. Let's go Knicks. Yeah, it's going to be about 55, 45 nets. I'll tell you that right now. Knicks? Nets. <laughs> the Nets will have more fans. They're not going to win. 55-45. 60-40 is usually the way it breaks for the Nets, but because the Nets suck right now, and obviously the Knicks fans are a little bit more giddy, I'll give you the 5% increase mm. that it'll still and be. The Nets are good, And the Knicks are good. Yeah, it'll be a slight edge for the Nets fans. And everybody wants to see, like, OG and, like, what what's next? Yeah, they're all excited. Of course. Yeah. How many of the 45% still think KD, Kyrie, and Harden are still on the team? I didn't say, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't defend their fandom. I literally just said that they're there. David's up in Detroit. What's up, David? Hey, guys. What's up, um, Hey, uh, so I want to say something. That, that about two weeks ago, I think, a guy called in, said that you were the best show since uh, Mike and Mad Dog. Yeah, I was way over the top. Way over the top. I want to... Listen, I want to one-up that guy. <laughs> I've been listening since day one, the first day Stefan went on the air. You guys are the best duo since day one. Well, that's very kind. Thank you. Very, very it. nice of you. Former athlete Seriously. and a nerd. <laughs> and, well, let, let, let me mean just that with all respect, Evan. Well, you really calling me a former athlete just because I play fan baseball? Yeah, no, I'm a nerd. no, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. you, guys, no, you guys... David, you that's guys, very nice. Very nice. No, but you, you, you guys are perfectly balanced. No, it's very sweet, but I, Tiki, I think I'll speak for him when I say this. We're very uncomfortable with these kind of compliments. Right. So thank you, and please well, move on. Right. Thank you. Listen, I got, I got two connections to you guys. Evan yeah. and I are birthday brothers. Oh, really? 7 Look at you. Slurpee. The Slurpee birthday. We're Slurpee John brothers. Quincy Adams, Feast yeah. of St. Benedict, Evan, yeah. and me. Oh, very nice. How about that? JQA. Tiki, I didn't realize that. Tiki huh. made one of the worst days of my life actually a bit worse. <laughs> I, I called in one, one day. I think Tiki was by himself. And I told him the sad story that I was in the building for the Giants-Ravens Super Bowl about an hour before the game started, I got a call that my father had died. Yeah, yeah, you did. Oh, man. Yeah. And and Tiki's Giants made that all just a little bit worse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. It was bad. It was wow. Bad. Hey, guys, I just want to say something about the wrestling. Yeah. I, as my compliment to Tess, I love you guys. But please, every time you use the word sport. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With wrestling, fixed it makes sport. me want to vomit. You know what's funny about fixed, that? Fixed sport. What's funny, David, is when I brought up the Netflix deal for Monday Night Raw, mm-hmm. I didn't call wrestling a sport. Right. Tiki did. I mean, wrestling in its term is a sport. It's but this sports is not entertainment. This is a different kind. No, I'm talking about wrestling, like the kind of wrestling that Penn State does against Iowa. Yeah, but they didn't right? get a $5 billion right. and, TV and, and deal. they got a singlet on. And it's interesting. Right, you catch it every now and then on ESPN or ESPN U or whatever it's on, but wrestling, as what you're talking about, the WWE and the WWE, uh, what's the other one? Uh, AEW. AEW. I couldn't think of it. Uh, those are. I mean, it's wrestling, but it's really just athletic entertainment. By the way, speaking of professional wrestling, I would like to play something for you, and I think most people would agree with this. 
this is the greatest moment in the history of Madison Square Garden. That's right. 40 years ago today, January 23rd, 1984, the loudest Madison Square Garden has ever been. In fact, if Sean wants to do a Cinco de Five on the greatest events in garden history, mm-hmm. this is clearly number one. The birth of Hulkamania as Hulk Hogan defeats the Iron Sheik to become the WWF Was this the first champion. One? This is the first. This is the first time Hulk won the championship? That's right. The birth of Hulkamania. Is that right? 40 years ago today. Happy anniversary. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Loudest the garden has ever been. Only you would know that. No, everybody, trust me. This is something that is well known in the circles of uh, the world. 40-year anniversary on one of the greatest title uh, reigns of all time. And, and totally louder than Game 794. <laughs> oh, I forgot I offended you, too, as a uh, Ranger fan. Yeah. yeah. And probably you didn't offend me. You're just wrong. You've been wrong all day. You were wrong again. No, you did you hear the crowd? But isn't there... Yeah, isn't I, there, I heard the announcer clearly. Okay, but in the Ranger game, there's less people, correct? That's a good question. I, probably, yeah. Because of the ring, yeah. But Right, because in the, cause in the WWF at the time, mm-hmm. it's... There's seats on the floor. On and the court, there's no right? special structure because it was 1984, like right. a ring entrance or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there were more people there to see but, Hulk. But then you're assuming that everybody is screaming at the same volume that 18,000 Ranger fans would have as they I mean, break it's a probably, curse. it's probably 22,000. Thank you, Tiki. It's, it's, but 22,000 it's, at 70% volume, is that louder than 18% at 100% volume? You know what's so funny about this discussion? I kind of said it. Everybody loved Hulk at that, Hulk at that, that That's right. Everybody I, did. I kind of said this as a shot at Lugie and the Knicks. And yeah, Lugie, we know. Lugie's been quiet because he doesn't have a moment. <laughs> at least Sean's like, well, we did win that cup in 1994. I'm going to compare that one. I mean, like, Lugie's seven, got nothing. What is he going to talk about? The Eastern Conference Finals? Uh, I, could go, I could go Mato, Mato, Mato the, the round uh, earlier, too. The Lakers, yeah. uh, Lakers Linsanity game. Don't Stop it. Dude, I was there. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Wasn't as loud as Hulk Hogan winning the no, title. No, definitely not. And by the way, same thing with the Rangers winning the cup. Like, you guys were excited, but you had people crying. They were so excited that this was louder. The shock of Hogan being the Iron Sheik, doing it for America, becoming the WWF champion. I apologize. It's number two, though. I'll totally give you number two. Now, you know what? The more I think about it, right. Taz's surprise entrance at the Royal Rumble in 2000. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't mention... That bum to me. Oh, excuse me. That bum. You know. You, you know. think I'm joking. Like, Lugie, take away the Nixon Ranger stuff for a second. Would you not agree that when Taz shocked the world in facing Kurt Angle at Royal Rumble 2000, mm-hmm. that Madison Square Garden freaking moved out of excitement? Mm-hmm. Yes, it exploded because Taz made his name in ECW, obviously in the Northeast, New York. So Wild. a lot of fans, they did vignettes where we kind of knew it was going to be Taz, but then when it was Taz, we erupted. Right. The place rocked. I was uh, in the no garden doubt. that night. The place moved. I have Dude, no my seat vibrated. I, I'm not going to take debate. He knows that There's me and no Taz bait. are like arch enemies. You Survive. And, uh, you and Taz are arch enemies? I've told you the story a million times. I don't remember the story. Oh, that was great. Sean Morash just got a tongue lashing from our wonderful boss here at WF Fans. Certainly not Spike as he's on his way out, but the architect who has a close personal relationship with former professional wrestler Taz. Who we hired. 
who we hired and did not like the fact that on this radio show, Sean Morash called Taz. What was the word again? I forgot. I forgot. I just want to say, Taz, I love you. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> he called him a bad name. <laughs> Anyhow, joining us right now, the manager of the New York Yankees. And just hearing his voice is going to make me think of spring. <laughs> and God knows we need that. And that, of course, is Aaron Boone. Aaron, Tiki, Evan, how you been? Hey, guys, I'm, I'm doing well. Yeah, we do need some spring. We finally got a little cold around here, so it's about time to, to head south. And now you join us, because as a football fan, we had no Giants, we had no Jets, and uh, now you have no Eagles. So did, uh, you, did you want Sirianni out like a lot of other Eagle fans? What was your thoughts? Uh, no. Um, I, you know, it was just such a weird year. I actually went down to a couple games, the last one being – Buffalo, which was like kind of the end of the run, and it's just such a weird like for being a Super Bowl team and obviously backed up by a Super Bowl last year and having what you think is this amazing roster, like to see the team kind of fall off a cliff mm. um, and being healthy, like they were widely healthy and just all of a sudden just stopped getting to the quarterback and you know I think I think teams started getting the ball out on them so they couldn't get to the quarterback their linebacker play was not nearly as good as last year and it just I I've never seen a team just go from the best team and what I th- thought was like the best roster to like like one of the worst teams in the league like right. the final 2 months so right. it was a little little sucked <laughs> <laughs> Cody, I, I, we had a bet whether or not you would throw the head coach of your favorite team under the bus. I said, as a coaching brother, there's no way he's going to do that. There's no way he can say, yes, fire Sirianni. Because you know what that's yeah. like. It sucks to get that from people that you think are your friends or at least your colleagues or peers. Yeah, I mean, look, I think Nick's had a great start to things. So it's like, you know, did the coordinator thing finally show up like that deep into the season? Did What, what exactly happened? And I am confident in the organization that they'll kind of get to the bottom of it and figure it out. I think Howie's great and and their owner is awesome. So I think they'll figure it out. They probably will, unfortunately, because all of us in New York <laughs> yeah. collectively can't stand the Eagles, but they probably will. Uh, I'm curious, at the beginning of this offseason, because I was kind of surprised by it, Tiki was surprised by it, Brian Cashman came out and he was like, you know what? I ain't taking crap anymore. Right. I'm going to start dropping cuss words. I'm going to tell you, you guys don't know what the hell you're talking about. When you heard that, were you like, yeah, Cash, go go give it to him? What was your reaction to hearing the aggressive (laughs) Brian Cash? Um, Yeah, you know, I I think for him it was, you know, coming to the defense of a lot of people that, you know, he he thinks are really good at what they do and, and, you know, kind of – you know, more often than not, you, you just, you kind of wear things and you, you know, you power through, but I think it was probably a little bit therapeutic for him to come out and, and, you know, try and defend things a little bit. Cause obviously, you know, we're getting a lot of fire from a lot of different places, understandably, like we didn't come close to meeting our expectation or our standards last year. And, and we understand that that comes with it, but you know, there are times that you want to defend yourself as well. So I think it was a little bit of that. But I, I enjoyed the rant. So, so Aaron, it's interesting because uh, Evan made me break it down. Like, what's he actually saying? 
And you know what I said? I said exactly what you just said. He's doing that to make himself feel better. Right? He's, he's yeah. saying that because he wants to feel good about where he's going. So it has nothing to do with what he, what he says, really. He just wants to come back at all of us. But one of the things that I think that came out of this offseason, at least going into this offseason, was this notion that Aaron Judge was going to be, I want to say more involved. I don't want him to be like Aaron Rodgers and, you know, bringing his boys over to the team and things like that. But it felt like Aaron's opinion wanted to, needed to be heard. How how much has that been the case this offseason? Yeah, I mean, look, I think especially once Aaron, you know, he's he certainly earned a level of respect, obviously across the game, but certainly within our organization. So um, I think once he signed long-term and became the captain, I think along with that, you know, becomes – you know, allowed for even more of a, you know, we, we do value what he thinks and what he says as we do with all our players, but certainly him and, and Garrett are guys that, you know, we, we, we want to hear what they have to say. And when they have input, you know, especially as we're, you know, trying to put things together and you want to get as much good information as you can from your different sources when anytime you're making a decision. So I think they've, they've earned a level of respect and, and uh, a, a certainly a valued opinion within our organization. With him, where do things stand defensively going into this season with Soto, with Verdugo? Is he most of the time center fielder? I know you said the other day he may play some left. How do you see the mm-hmm. breakdown being for Aaron Judge in terms of where he plays in the outfield? I see him playing a lot of center field to start. And that, you know, assuming, assuming we have good health and obviously we brought Trent Grisham in, mm-hmm. who's an elite defensive center fielder as well, who is going to get playing time. But, um, I do think Aaron and he's, he's excited and preparing to play a lot of center field. And then as the season unfolds and this pops in, you know, all of a sudden those plans can change a little bit. But with that center field, you know, I'll, I'll use the DH with him too, you know, whether it's, you know, in a perfect world where you're healthy once or twice a week, that gets Grisham in the lineup a little bit, that gets, you know, Giancarlo a day off here if, if he's going well. And, um, so right now he is preparing to get ready to play center field. And, um, you know, I can slide him over to right, obviously, at any time. And, um, and you could see even some left field in there. Um, uh, but, I think initially the bulk I see him playing in center field. And what about Verdugo and Soto? Because both guys have played both corners, left field and right field. Where are they going to be aligned? Yeah, yeah. My my lean right now would be to have Verdugo in left field and Soto in right. Just with with our large left field, Verdugo's kind of you know demonstrated himself as kind of an elite corner defensive outfielder. So um, so my lean right now would be left field, but. We're also in January, so I kind of want to get down there, yeah. get a feel for everyone, where guys are most comfortable, um, you know. And then, you know, once you get into the season, what exactly are we dealing with roster-wise? Where are we? What makes the most sense to, you know, get the most consistency? Yeah, you know, Booney, we talk about center field and how taxing it can be because of the gaps you got to mm-hmm. cover, and it's just a lot for any athlete, but in particular, a big athlete. And I wonder, you know, you mentioned you use the DH. So there, I'm sure there'll be a handful, maybe a lot more than a handful of games where he's he's not playing the field. And is that a reaction to the injuries? And some of them are freak. You know, we, we try to explain mm-hmm. them away all the time. Oh, you know, the wall in, in L.A. 
If that didn't happen, yeah. he wouldn't have missed all this time. The diving a few years ago where he cracked a rib or did whatever he did to his intercostal. All right? Is this a way to keep him healthy? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not as worried, and I never have been, frankly, on the center field stuff with Aaron because – and I think the, you know, two years ago when he played the bulk of, of the 22 season, which was obviously an incredible year, was also one of his most, most healthy seasons. It does make me be conscious of like, I, I do like to get him more DHs as a result of he is moving around more technically, but I also kind of make the analogy and Tiki will appreciate this. Like we're, I'm not putting him at running back, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's center field and, um, you know, he's had just as many more, uh, more injuries out in right field, whether right. it's running into walls and things like that. Right. So I don't worry about that too much. I'll be mindful of, and you can measure those things now where how much a guy's running around and how, how that stacks up in a week where you're playing in a 10 game in a row, 11 game in a row. So I'll certainly be mindful of those things, but that's where, you know, having the DH and being able to cycle him in there um, hopefully is something that serves him and us well. Am I assuming, right, that if Judge is playing left, that means Soto will exclusively be a right fielder, and that's a part of why Judge would move to left, that you wouldn't want to bounce Soto back to left field? Yeah, I, you know, I'm just not sure. You know, again, it's, it, you make all these plans, and then all of a sudden one guy's missing here at the start and another guy's missing at some point in the season. So, I'm just going to kind of feel it out. Um, we'll see. You know, I you know I don't want to move a ton of guys around all the time, but you know, on the days Grisham's in that in center field, does it make the most sense? It, let's say Verdugo has a day to make the most sense to move Soto over there or, or or move Judge in the left. Those are kind of things we'll get a feel for. I've I've had those conversations with Aaron to kind of prepare him for. It. He's right. ready for anything, but. Um, you know, that'll be something that kind of declares itself as, as spring training unfolds. We're talking Aaron Boone, manager of the Yankees. So when you guys get Alex Verdugo, good addition, uh-huh. obviously he's been a solid player. I remember back to something in Boston with, like, Alex Cora benching him. And I think a lot of Yankee mm-hmm. fans think the same thing. And I'm sure, you know, you're managing the Yankees. You ain't worried about what the Red Sox are doing. Do you make a phone call and find out, all right, what the hell happened with Verdugo? Is this something I need to keep an eye on? Yeah, I mean, honestly, Alex has been on our our radar for a couple of years. We've we've, you know, considered trading for him or even had conversations. I think going back the last couple of years on different levels. Um, so we've done our homework on that stuff and have certainly tried to talk to a lot of people about different situations. Um, so uh, at the end of the day, I think we we feel like we're getting. Uh, a very good major league hitter that's also a two-way player that can really play the outfield. And I feel like is just still scratching the surface of what he can be as a player. I think he's a really talented hitter. And and I think, you know, being from the left side, being in our, our ballpark, you might even hopefully see the power tick up a little bit. Not that I want him to go stretch for that because I think he's such a good back-to-ball guy. That, But I feel like... I feel like there's more in there for Alex Verdugo and, you know, hopefully getting over here and a change of scenery for him will be something that um, hopefully gets that out of him. But I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited to have him, especially when I look right now at the potential of our, what I think our lineup's going to be and the different places I could see him hitting in the lineup behind certain people with a lot of traffic and a guy that is really, really 
a tough out. We've seen it now for the last few years playing against them. Are you going to play them against lefties every day? I mean, I, I, I look at him as an everyday player now. Um, you know, again, the makeup of your roster, you, you'll pick certain spots where, you know, I, you know, I want to get Grisham in there. I can get, you know, when I have, you know, judge on a, on a day off or, or, or in the DH spot, how does it all match up? So I do plan on him. I do see him playing a ton versus lefties as well. Yeah. You know, Skip, let's, th- let's talk about the Soto. Uh, I don't want to call it a situation, but I will. But it feels mm-hmm. like this could be just one year, and it makes you kind of have to be all in for 2020. I'm sure Evan hopes it's one year. Huh? <laughs> well, Evan <laughs> keeps talking about I don't know what you mean by he's that. He's renting in the Bronx, and he's going to buy in Queens. Well. Nonsense. <laughs> so, but, I mean, that's the reality. I mean, he could leave as a free agent. He wants to hit, he wants to hit free agency. The number's going to be stupid when, whenever it comes out, uh, what, what, what they're looking for. But what kind of urgency does that put on you as the manager? Yeah, look, we knew when we traded for Juan, like we, you know, I think we certainly understood that this could be, um, that he's a free agent at the end of the year. And obviously he's going to be in, in high demand and an amazing player. Um, so we, we went into this kind of eyes wide open and knew that, you know, that the package we had to give hurt a little bit to give up some of the talent that we gave, but we really felt like, he's such a difference maker and such a, such a good fit for our team. Um, and we just felt like we, we had to do it and hopefully, hopefully everything goes according to plan. And he, he loves playing in pinstripes and loves being here and, and it works out, but we didn't go into this necessarily just like, you know, we went into it with, you know, we feel like he's a great fit for us this year and gives us an amazing chance to, to be the team we expect to be. Do you feel you need to kind of kiss his ass throughout the season? <laughs> like almost say, all right, well, whatever yeah, you shit. want, man. Got to keep you happy. Hey, Sean has a no-boo pro- uh, uh, What is it? What, the the, the no-boo no policy. No-boo policy for Soto, no matter what happens, all season long. Well, you know, at the end of the day, it's money's going to talk probably, you know. And, right. Um, hopefully, you know, we, we, we make it an environment that uh, he'll like and that he'll thrive in and that he'll – make make all of us better that's that's the focus and and we'll see we're talking to aaron boone there's a lot of yankee fans that are done with Giancarlo. they're done with the guy they want him gone they think he stinks he's never healthy and what i've tried to say and i don't even know if you're gonna buy into this Mm -hmm. but i ask you i brought it to tiki's attention i said you know Giancarlo actually wasn't that bad last year against left-handed pitching and if you treat Mm -hmm. him maybe differently than what he was four years ago Mm -hmm. Maybe you can maximize it. Maybe if he's the right-handed platoon against lefties, and we stop thinking mm-hmm. of him, thinking of him as the guy from 2017, the year before he got here, he can be productive. Have you given that thought about Stanton of just treating him like a platoon player and mostly facing left-handed pitching? Not yet. I, I've uh, he and, and and us have gone into the offseason looking at it as there's certain you know, things he knows he's got to do. Um, you know, I think just body composition wise, being an older player that's not older, you know, in his thirties now, but mm-hmm. you know, that's had some of the lower body, you know, soft tissue things that have come up, you know, I, I think understanding that, you know, playing at a, at a lighter weight is something that's going to really serve him. Well, I, I really, th- I, I would, I, I think it's foolish to count 
to to count him out. Um, just knowing the competitor, knowing the drive, knowing what I know he's doing this winter to be ready for this year to make sure last year doesn't happen. Um, I would not put it past him at all that he goes out and has an awesome year, and that's against righties and lefties. Yeah. Um, but you always, as the season unfolds, you see where you're at and you make adjustments as you go. But um, I still think he's got a big year in him. Yeah. So two things. One, it seems it sounds like he's going to lose some of those lbs, so he's going to be less muscular. Have you seen him yet? Like, what's he look like? <sighs> I, I have not. I talked to him again the other day. Um, I know he is lighter. I've seen pictures of him. And the thing is, like, he's always in great shape. Like, I mean, he's, like, low percent body fat. But, you know, as you get on the north side of 30 and you've had some injuries, it's hard to carry that weight on Mm -hmm. your frame. And I think he understands the importance of of being lighter and it's going to serve him well. And I know he's had an offseason that's put him in a really good spot to give him the best chance to be successful. Uh, and we'll, we'll see him here in a short short order right. Uh, right. in a few weeks. And, Boone, I'm just reading reading through the lines here. It sounds like you want flexibility with the D8. So what does that do for the Stanton plan? Like where, where do you see him if he's not yeah, the it, it, So Yeah, in a perfect world, you know, he's, he's playing. He's, 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 he is that option in the field once or twice a week. You know, Giancarlo is that one guy that – you know, I'm certainly going to make sure I, I, I give, get him his off days, you know, that mm-hmm. day a week or whatever. But hopefully in and around that, you know, he's able to give us a day in the field once a week. And that just allows everyone – and I feel like we have the potential to have such a deeper um, offense and such a deeper position player group this year that having that little bit of flexibility will serve us well. And I think – I do think he's in position to do that. But again, we'll we'll see as it unfolds here, you know, starting in February. And the X factor to all of this is Jason Dominguez. Because when he comes uh, back, here's what I read your answer. Your answer is, of course, Stan's going to play against everybody in <laughs> numbskull. But, hey, come June, July, Dominguez is back. Giancarlo can't hit right-handed pitching. I'm open to it. But when is Dominguez coming back? Can you get the Yankee fans yeah, excited? When are we looking? May 1st? Your, your timeline's probably on. Like, we're going to make sure he's obviously all the way back and and ready to play the field you know when he is but all i know is he's he's doing really well the 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 rehab's gone you know as expected and um he's been down in tampa actually you know these last couple of months so i actually got to see him when i was down there last week he's doing great and we'll see you know hopefully we're in a position that um you know a lot a lot will happen between now and whenever that is in June or whatever that he's back that, you know, the, the, the roster will kind of declare itself and, and hopefully, you know, show you what, what to do. So June, that's the timeline. That's a, a right way to think of you're a Yankee fan. We're going to get to see the Martian in well, June. I think we're, I think we're putting it as he's on track to be ready in the summer. And yeah. that's how we're looking at it. Yeah. We'll T- see. Tell me the plan of some of the other young guys. I mean, Volpe, we, we kind of know, but, Cabrera, mm-hmm. Peraza, like we're, we're, what's the plan for those young guys? How do they get playing time? I mean, obviously, a lot's going to be determined by what happens in the spring. But what's your plan or thought around those guys? Yeah, so right now, like in the infield, obviously, 
you know, Rizzo and Glaber at first and second and Volpe at short and, and DJ over at third. So those guys right now are utility guys and kind of fighting for opportunities and playing time and certainly in the mix and, and guys that have experience now so that if, you know, something is to happen, you know, they could easily slide in and hopefully, you know, they continue to take steps, you know, in their development as players because we certainly think highly of them. Will you consider leading off with Anthony Volpe, or does he still have to kind of prove more before you give him that designation? Yeah, yeah, I don't – look, I, I could certainly see it at some point during the season. I don't necessarily see it at the start. I, I definitely want him to kind of get rolling, and hopefully, you know, I, he's another guy I'd feel great about the winner he's had and the adjustments and the makeup of the person that he's going to make necessary adjustments to allow him to become – you know, an even more advanced player this year for us. So hopefully he's putting himself in a position at some point to be in that mix. Um, but I, I don't necessarily see that at the start of the season. So um, that leadoff, leadoff spot is going to be, you know, such a crucial spot, obviously, for us. But, you know, in front of, you know, Soto and Judge, however I, I line it up there, like I want that spot to just, it's got to be a spot that's consistently getting on base. And mm. I could see it being DJ. You know, I could see it being Verdugo in some cases. I could see it being Volpe at some point. Mm. Uh, I could see Glaber popping up there. So I just want that spot to be, you know, a place where we're consistently getting that, you know, 350 plus on base. And if we can do that, um, I think we're going to be – Really, really, really scary if we can get some consistency out of that leadoff spot. Well, I'll tell you what that what's scaring me, having to face Juan Soto and Aaron Judge back-to-back. Are you <laughs> committed to Soto 2, Judge 3, or could you go back and forth with that during spring training? Yeah, no, I'm not committed. I'm, I'm, I expect them to be 2-3, whether right. I don't know which one in front of the other yet. Maybe a lot of that depends on how the leadoff spot shakes out, like, is it just DJ, you know, is our, our leadoff guy and he's rolling and he's doing his thing. I love the way he finished the year, the last two months of the season where he was getting on base a ton. So it could be him, or is it more of a, you know, rotate that leadoff spot, play the hot hand in that leadoff spot. Um, and then, cause you know, this is that for the first year in a while too, we're going to have like really, really potentially good balance in our lineup with left or right. So, yeah. I'll, you know, I want to, you know, kind of balance out the lineup. So a lot depends on who's did, hitting in that leadoff spot uh, as to how I hit two and three. Did, does it matter? And maybe this is middle of January talking and guys like me getting stuck on baseball reference. But does it <laughs> matter that Juan Soto? Because I would agree, like I'd hit Juan Soto second. Now, right. I'm certainly never managing a baseball team, but my first reaction would be, and I've said it on the air, I'd hit Soto second. Right. Damn, man, he's got such a great eye. You got Judge protecting him. It seems perfect. And then I got stuck in a vortex on baseball reference where basically Juan Soto's not that good batting second. Do you look mm-hmm. into that? Does that matter that you see numbers like that? Is that a factor at all? No. Well, I know in the past he has he has always had a preference for hitting third. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's open to doing either here, second or third. So especially when you're talking about that level of player, that level of hitter, um, I do want him to be comfortable in the lineup. So that does factor in. But I don't, for example, if if he hits second and he hits second 140 times, um, I think uh, that baseball reference reference page will change a lot because I think he's 
whether he hits second or third, if he does it a lot, he, he's going to bang. Yeah. Let me hit the rotation here, uh, Skip, because yeah. uh, obviously Garrett Cole at the top is, you're not worried about him, but everything else is kind of cautious optimism, and mainly because yep. of the injuries with Rodon specifically, Nestor, who mm-hmm. flashed and then, you know, wasn't available for a lot, and then Marcus Stroman uh, coming in. He was banged up at the end of last year. I don't think it's a big deal, but. The the injuries are a concern. Like, how, how yep. is that going to be mitigated? Well, I would say one of the things I'm really excited about is Carlos Rodon right now. Um, the winner that he's had, and I think, you know, a lot of the things that he went through last year, you know, injury-wise, you know, scuffling performance-wise, just getting adjusted, being behind the eight ball and trying to play catch-up all year, um, you know, finishing on a – you know, on a down note, I think has been really, really motivating for him. And he's had, he's had a great winter. He's been down in Tampa now the last few weeks. And I know our, you know, our pitching guys down there are really excited with how he looks and kind of like night and day from how he looked this time last year, which is really encouraging. And the one thing, you know, I've, I've told him and, and, you know, when, when we went into the off season, I continue to have conversations like his ability didn't go away and he's not an old guy. So I'm really excited about the potential there. The biggest thing I want him to focus on is, is making sure he's doing everything necessary to put himself in a position to be able to go out and post every fifth or sixth day and not get caught up in who I got to have. My first start's got to be great. I got to go out and show this in spring trade. No, I got to put my body in a position to be able to go to the post 25, 30, 32 times. And if that happens, I'm really confident that we'll see a really good pitcher. Do you think Cashman gives you another arm or two out of the bullpen in the rotation? What's your expectation? Yeah, I, I, I know. He, I know we're still talking to guys about about the bullpen and uh, whether that's an arm or two, and and obviously monitoring what continues to be out there. You know, from his, from a starting, from a position player, for that matter, but I do do expect us to add something still. But um, we'll just see. We'll 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 see how it goes. And um, I'm excited about our team. And you know, if hopefully there's another piece or two to add, and you know, and we go find out how good we think we can be. I got a vibe from you and Cashman. Tell me if I was reading this wrong during the Yamamoto sweepstakes. Like you knew something. Like you almost were like yeah, winking he's going at to LA. That was it. No, you I just took knew. I took the opposite. I almost had this vibe like yeah. you thought you had him. Like I, I saw the way you looked into the camera the once or twice you're on TV. Almost like a, we got him. <laughs> Did you think that? Was I reading you wrong? Was there an extreme confidence that you were gonna land him? Or was Tiki right that you kind of knew deep down he wasn't coming here? No, I'd say somewhere in between that. Mm. I, I definitely thought um, you know, his interest was real. Our interest was certainly real. Um, I, I think, you know, the meetings we were able to have with him, um, were impactful. And, um, so I, I guess the last time we met with him, which was here in New York, you know, whatever, a few days before he made the decision, um, you know, he left and was kind of like, what do you think? And I was like, you know, I I definitely thought we were, you know, one of the front runners or in that conversation, and you know, ultimately, uh, ultimately he ch- he chose the Dodgers. So mm. hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, we can meet up with him down the road, and uh, you know, and and it works out for yeah. us. But and- he he's going to be a really I think he's going to be a great pitcher. Uh, 
great kid, really, really actually good to meet him and be around him a little bit and uh, wish him success out there. But, you know, hopefully we can meet up with them and, and, you know, have the last laugh. You know, Skip, last year it was, it was such a disappointment from the fans. I think even mm-hmm. from the, from the organization standpoint, I mean, hell, we were on the show talking about fighting for 500 and it's not some place yeah. that you're used to. And yeah. I, you could feel the angst and the anger. Aaron Judge, even after the season, said some things. Things got to change. Right? And, mm-hmm. and, and recovering from that, well, I don't think it's hard because all you need is, is some health and some luck and some things of that nature. But there's something real to coming back from what you guys went through last year. How have you emphasized that? Both, I mean, internally, but also to your team. Yeah, look, um, I definitely... Look, I like to think we go into every offseason hungry, you know, especially because we haven't won at all since I've been here. Um, so there's there's always that carrot that you're chasing, right? As an you want to climb to the top of the mountain. But I think la- the way you know last season unfolded and not you know not making the playoffs, and I think a number of guys getting dinged up, and I, I think it's added fuel to everyone's fire. You know, I think it's hopefully just you know, added a level of sharpness to, to winter workouts and preparation to be in the best position heading into spring training. Um, I do think that there is something to that and we know we've got a lot of, lot to prove and, uh, you know, uh, we're excited to go hopefully prove it. Don't you think it's time to end this beard policy? Like it's 2024 the guys. Beard? Yeah. Like what's your, I'm sure you got some power to go upstairs and say it's over. Like, don't you think it's time to end the Yankee beard policy? <laughs> nah, no, nah, it, it's, you know, it differentiates us a little bit. And you know what? It's, it's amazing how many guys like, I mean, I always, I have a winter beard going, not, not to, not to your level, Evan, <laughs> that guy right now on your face, but you know, I like to have the facial hair and I prefer always having a little, little growth going, but there is something about, you know, you know, like during the season being a Yankee and and having to stay up on that. And and I've even come to notice, honestly, like guys that you would think would have such an issue with it coming over to the organization, they actually don't hate it that much. So I'm sure at some point, someday, it maybe goes away. But for now, we're going to embrace it. Now I remember. Go ahead, say it, Aaron. Not as long as I'm the manager of the New York Yankees. <laughs> I remember, and I was serious about it to a degree, though I love Tiki, that when Craig left, I was like, you know what? Boone should do, do afternoon drive with me. It'd be kind of fun. You could do both. Right. So I want to ask you that I want to ask you that question sort of again. Our program yep. director has left. You have listened to this oh, radio right. station. Spikes out. Spikes out. Would you like to be the PD? And if you were PD, any immediate changes you'd like to make? <laughs> well, you know what? I... I, I was listening to you guys a few weeks ago and you were, um, you were, I think you were bragging about your, uh, state capital knowledge. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And so I did have an issue with a couple of your pronunciations. So oh. what's the capital of Montana? Helena. No, Helena. <laughs> really? I thought it was I almost, Helena. You know what? I almost reached out to my pen pal, Carton. <laughs> text you, it's not Helena, it's Helena. Uh, and I think Coach Brian Dave, Dable is Dable, not Dayball. Oh, yes. Nail that Dayball on me all the time. Dave, so, so we the, just call him Dave. So the first thing you do as PD is yell at me for all my mispronunciations. Uh, 
Yeah, we're going to tighten up some of the pronunciation. Right, he That's says he says there. epiphany instead of epiph- epiphany, me instead of epiphany. Oh yeah, I do because it's that. like to him and not to look. Uh, Skip, <laughs> we, we might we might be down in uh, spring training. You know, the great Susan Waldman invited us to uh, maybe come oh, on yeah, and broadcast a, a game. If we do that, you got to come on with us. You got to do it. Yeah, yeah, happy to. Um, and maybe we can get out. I. I I don't know if I told you that. I played I played golf with Ronde a few years ago. Oh, nice! Did he smoke you? Ronde can Ronde can stripe it now. Yeah, are, you, are you as good as he is? I suck. <laughs> oh. I look good, but I suck. <laughs> yeah, we had a great time playing out of his course. He, he actually hit a hit a terrible shot on one. Okay, and like ran into the clubhouse to change a club out and came out and then. Probably threw out like a seventy-seven on us, and right. it was all good. Well, that's what he does. Damn, right? man! When, yeah. you, when you know exactly what you did wrong and you could fix it right there, that means you know golf. That's not. <laughs> yeah, he was, I was like, he's 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 real. He's a real player. He can play. All right. So if I get down there, we'll yeah. play some golf then, because Rondé knows everybody. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, Aaron, we appreciate it, man. Enjoy the rest of your winter. Weeks away from spring training. Can't wait. Thank you, Skip. Yeah, great talk to you guys. Take care. Be good. Aaron Boone, the manager of the New York Yankees. It's a little bit late. It's 5.05, but that actually makes sense. It's 5.05. It's Cinco Cinco de Fivo. Evan and Tiki It's Cinco O'Fivo. Cinco de Fivo with Evan and Tiki on the fan. Now I have to wonder how many Cinco de Fivos Booney has debated. Cinco de Fivo <laughs> is brought to you by Helix Wireless, connecting everything everywhere. And by Wendy's, try the new pretzel baconator today. All right, Tyler Bass is having Bills fans donate to a great cause for cat adoption because apparently that's Tyler Bass's lead charity and he has a lot of cats. So it's got Tyler Bass being the kicker of the Bills who went wide right. Well, hold on one second. So Tyler Bass yeah. has a charity for cats? Yeah, like uh, cat adoption, mm. pet adoption. He's very big. And no, that's cool. Is, great. Is, and, it, is it just cats or is it? I think it's cats. And dogs. But, okay. like, you know how people usually go no dogs iguanas, and cats? No iguanas, no ferrets, no. nothing like that. Yeah, can we just get to the list? No, no, but hold on. I want to, before you do a list. <laughs> just curious. What it, what, so, Bill fans are donating to this charity because yeah. they, what, they feel bad for Tyler Yeah, Bass? so he deleted social media and they feel really awful for him. So, it's a gotcha. really cool thing Bill's fans are doing. Now, I wonder how many Chiefs fans are also mm. donating to it. Right. But nonetheless. So, he apparently is a big cat guy. Gotcha. Got a lot of cats. He's By like, the way, the Bill's mom. Mafia is great with that. Yeah. Exactly. Every did they year. do something for Andy Dalton? Like after Andy Dalton yes. helped them make the playoffs? Yeah. They they did a GoFundMe for his charity as well. Gotcha. Okay, so I'm going to do the five strangest kind of pet people. Okay? <laughs> the five strangest kind of pet All right, let's hear All it. All right. Here we go! Number five. <laughs> Can you pick up on this after a week? I don't know what we're talking about. Cats. Cat people. Uh, I had two cats when I was young, Zipper and Velcro. I do love cats. I think the issue is you start getting a three, four, five cats being these people where your whole house is a litter box. You're a little bit of a weirdo. <laughs> I'm a cat guy, man. I had a How cat many name. you got? I had one cat. Her name was Freedom. She was my cat for many, many years, you and still, I loved her. You still have the cat? She passed away. Did you not get another cat? I got a dog. Uh, don't do so. How, you're not a cat well, person if your f- cat died and you got I, a dog. I didn't finish. Okay, go ahead. I got a dog and then... Did my, you name her cat? I named him <laughs> Dudley because that was his name. He's still with me. And simultaneously, my grandmother was very, very sick. She was ill. She was passing away. Oh, now you're making me feel bad. Well, and I adopted her cat that she could no longer take care of. And I took care of that cat for many, many years. Unfortunately, my wife was allergic, and I had a friend of mine who simultaneously lost his cat. And so he adopted her, 
And it worked out very, very well. Made him very, very happy. Nice. So, yes, I did have a cat. What was Good that story. cat? Brandon Cooks just hopping from team to team? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Number four. Lizards. Lizard people. Yeah, I don't get why anyone would want a lizard. I had an iguana. Yeah, I mean, look. Kwame. But they're not cool to pet. They got Kwame? The Kwame Lasseter. Kwame Lasseter. Kwame Lasseter. <laughs> <laughs> You're right over there? Yeah. Know, you diet? Oh, Somebody yeah. left this. So my second year at UVA, I was living in the dorms. These were like the upperclassmen dorms. And we moved in, but somebody who had moved out left the lizard. Oh, come on. Left the left. The, like the wow. iguana right on the doorstep. It's not a cookie plate. You don't pass it forward. So we just kept it, and we kept it until I graduated. So the lizard changed names. It was confused. Yes, very much. Very uh, much. That's terrible. Maybe that's why she whipped me all the time. <laughs> Number three. Ferrets. <laughs> if you have ferrets, your house smells, and chances are you don't realize your house smells. I wanted a ferret when I was a kid. Why? Because of Conan the Barbarian. You ever seen the movie? Yes. There's a ferret that runs around, like, steals keys and stuff. And what did you think this ferret was going to do doors. I don't know. I just felt like a cool cool pet. I never got one. Yeah. It's a weird... But your yeah. house would smell. Right. Okay. Number two. Pigs. Pig people. Who's <laughs> a pig person? My neighbor has one in their yard. You hear it squealing sometimes early in the morning. Oink, oink, oink. Wee, wee. <laughs> oink, oink, oink. And there are times... You see these videos on TikTok and stuff. People have pigs jumping up in their couch, petting them. They're not a dog. I don't know why these people, ooh, it's a cute, por- what are they called, a pork yeah. belly pig or something? Yeah. Pig's a filthy animal. Yeah. Not only are they filthy animals, when I see pigs, I get hungry because I don't want to eat them. And by the way, how could you ever own a pig and have a slice of bacon again the rest uh, of your life? Easy. I mean, it's not that complicated. Like, I, I see a pig, I see bacon. I'm like, ready to eat. But if you had a pig walking around as your kid's pet, it, you'd be sizzling bacon in the other room? Well, that's why I could never walk around and pet a pig. Because all I could think about is eating them. Do you still <laughs> eat turkey after Turk? It was, it was very difficult. But you have eaten turkey since Turk left. I life. have, but it took a while to answer that question. We had a pet turkey. His name was Turk. What? Yeah, well, there was a wild turkey in our backyard. Did it come in the house? No, it did not come in our house. But it wasn't a pet. Then. Well, no, he lived in our backyard. But it wasn't a pet. And we oh, fed him. Pets come in your house. Uh, that's not how it normally just yes, works. Yes, it is. Are those pigs coming in the house? Yes. What if they're in a pig pen? That's what he's talking about. Yeah, but you could still have a pet if they don't come in your house. Pigs are in styes in farms, but in pigs that are pets are in your house. What if yeah. you have a horse? That's not a pet? That horse is coming into your house. <laughs> you gotta have a pretty big house. <laughs> sure, it's a good point. And anyhow, finish it. Don't be honest. Okay. <laughs> Number one. Snakes. Snake people. Oh, never. Look, one small snake I could get by. You ever go to somebody's house and they, you, oh, come downstairs. It's like three huge cages with three big snakes and they got the <laughs> lamps going. What is the purpose? What? Like, those are the kind of people, by the way, who aren't watching the Super Bowl. Whenever right. you meet these snakes. I'd be people. freaked out by snakes, man. Like, yeah. I would never have any interest. I'd always, you could tell me they don't have the, uh, what's the, that stuff that they have that can kill you? Venom. The, the venom? You could tell me they don't have venom. I'm still going to think they have venom. The only one you got to worry about is the boa. Yeah. Oh, look, I got a 60-pound yeah. uh, boa constrictor here. Yeah, Isn't he the, so cute? Yeah, great. And he strangles you while you're sleeping. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> That's and, my and they, Oh, and they love sickly feeding at the mice. Get lost. That's my single day five today right. and every day five Thank o'clock. you, Sean. A little bit late today. Cinco de five every day after five o'clock. You can rewind if you missed Aaron Boone. Joined us right at 4.30. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. 
Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.